His name is Heston Blumenthal. He is one of the world's finest chefs and our captain as we take a trip to the centre of food. My name's Jay Taylor. I'll be your host for this adventure, along with our Fact Up producer, James Winter. And today's episode comes with a health warning. This show may cut your fingers off as we are taking a deep dive inside the world of knives. Yes, we're going to be opening Heston's Knife Roll to explore what knives you need for cooking, how best to look after them and use them, and just how much you should be spending on your fancy knives at Christmas. So without further ado, always on hand with a cutting remark and sliced julienne, it's Heston Blumenthal. Hello, sir. You are so-and-so, Jay Taylor, because I wasn't ready for a prompt for a bad knife pun. It wasn't just bad, though, was it? I mean, it was just terrible. It was like a punch to the lower belly, that one. Terrible. I, ter- I just, I, I, I never thought I would be oh. in this position. That's very good, actually. I was trying to think of had an edge Anyway, it. It, it, I was going to say it's overrated, but that's serrated with an over in the... Uh, it's overrated it's serrated that's okay moving swiftly let's moving moving swiftly on on. let's let's cut these bits out (laughs) to our listeners apologies you normally don't get to hear all this but we will happily do this for half an hour to make puns to each other we're sorry we've lured you into this uh this terrible cul-de-sac of puns it's um yes you're right let's let's get on with the point of it today which is we're going to be a handle around knives yeah getting (laughs) And Sorry, Jay and James, how are you both? <laughs> Very well. I, I was fine. And now, <laughs> five minutes ago, I feel like I've been puns puns fatigue around both <laughs> you know, sides of my face. But anyway, lovely to see you both. Now, I, I, I sort of um, foisted this one on, on, on Heston last minute because I, as a layman, I'm just fascinated with the whole world of chefs and their knives having spent you know lucky enough to spend a lot of time in the in the kitchens of the fat duck and around the back i was always fascinated when the guys brought out their knife rolls and started showing off their very fancy japanese knives and all those kind of things so i thought it'd just be a really interesting thing to crack open your head heston and 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 talk to talk to you about knives and i suppose the place i wanted to start was at the start which is when you became a chef for the first time do you remember buying your knife roll? Yes. Now you've asked. Now you asked me that question. Yes, I do remember. It was um, it was a Victoria knock set in a in a in a in a. Actually, it might have been my 18th birthday present because it was in like a suitcase, briefcase. Oh wow! It was a knife box basically, and it had a whole range of knives in. It was a black. I'm, I'm pausing because I now reflecting on my newly rediscovered memory of a birthday present which was a look at looked like a black sort of straight out of a spot in 60s spy uh, spy thriller an attache black attache case with green molded plastic two layers and it had it had a, a peeler a melon you know the things for parisian the little ball scoopers it had a, it had a bread knife it had various a couple of different size chef's knives it had a fish filleting knife it had a meat filleting knife in it and uh, a sharpener so yes now you said it remember there were wooden brown wooden handles with three um rivets holding them together so that i do now you've asked me i do remember in a kitchen do chefs have to bring their own knives or are there like communal knives that you can use if you no, turn up or does everyone have to never, use their own the chef would never want to um use a communal knife because they become very 
idiosyncratic things you know it's a bit I might be a bit like a writer and 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 and, and his or her favorite pen or a painter and a paintbrush um you could argue that the knife is there are similarities there and and the ingredients are your are your or your paints for example and so looking after your knife is very important and if you think how many hours a, a month or a year or a week a chef works they spend a lot of time with their knife and i'm often was often asked in the past what's your favorite piece of kit or most valuable and i think they want me to say you know uh, a virtual steam fueled 3d <laughs> hexagonolic palette cleansing refractometer <laughs> which condenses l- fluids at minus 17 degrees celsius <laughs> available flashing from a strobe light or something yes actually the answer is a knife it's well knife. but that is unexpected you know from, from the sort of the stereotype like you say of your cooking is that your chefs still use knives every single day like every other chef it's, it's just the same as in is in the re- we've just currently because we're on because of covid we've delayed the anthology menu which is the sort of the, the greatest hits of the last 25 years so we because obviously the restaurant was closed for a chunk of time and that and people had booked to come and have one of these four menus which is a celebration of the best dishes or the best of the of the the sort of you know greatest hits of the last 25 years so the menu uh our latest iteration it's a 35 page booklet which guides you through it's with dave mckean's beautiful illustrations lots of the principles behind the dishes but the things to look for if you want to discover certain elements of the dish that, that was meant sort of intended to be one of the key points of the dishes and it's a guidebook it's a beautiful thing and it's personalized you take it home with you but at the end, we realised we we put this thing about finding sourcing supplies, and I think some people realised because of the sheer amount of work on the sort of let's call it the Willy Wonka side of things, the alchemist, the the, the chemist, or what your he's that guy that does funny stuff with food and making you know edible delights and fantasy foods and things that are straight out of the pages of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, for example, or Alice in Wonderland. In fact, we do what any top restaurant makes a big deal of we have spent years and thousands of hours work building really uh, close relationships with fishermen farmers uh, fruit or vegetable growers foragers all of these people that care so passionately cheese makers about what they do and their ingredients we do all of that stuff passionately and have done for years so it sounds a bit people are a bit surprised that at the heart of all of this there is still some really strong fundamental principles about sourcing ingredients getting the absolute working with people that care as much about what they do in the in the world of food as we do so when you make a a comment like well it's my knife or you know the work we do with suppliers people are a little bit surprised as if somehow i didn't think you cooked food kind of thing you know the same thing with a knife or when you ask what is your what is the most important or favorite ingredient in the kitchen you say salt (laughs) well because it will we'll we'll, we'll, we need to do another podcast if we need to do a podcast on salt and its versatility so without a knife of course you can cook without a knife but there's many things you cannot do without a knife and before making fire human beings had tools Uh, we're not the only species that 
use tools birds other chimpanzees for example fish even you know they'll use rocks to break things open but with the event of fire also came the formation the ability to make the tools because you could now you take metal and minerals and you could forge them and make and make knives so along with the invention of fire um that catapulted our, our ability to make a wider range of tools to make the job easier and maybe do things with our ingredients that we couldn't have done before so yes it's a, it's 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 a people are surprised but you know i i've spent thousands of hours with my knives and i've developed a couple of as far as i know which are knife techniques that had never been used before so when you were first taught and i know you weren't sort of traditionally taught but you still had a foundation because yeah. you read about it. when you're first taught to become a chef you are taught the basic knife skills right this is the like one of the very first fundamental things you do is how to slice something yes <clears throat> you're taught up to a point it's like for example with two things right my years of kickboxing you'd be, it'd be amazed that no one actually teaches anybody how to make properly make a fist this is we're digressing but it's very connected because it's all to do with the way that you're using your hands and a knife uh, you know fist is an extension of your arm which is it's attached to your hopefully attached to your shoulder and your the rest of your body uh, you should look at a knife as an extension it's like a musician would look at the musical instrument as an extension it's it's the sort of it's the it's the window of their creativity the window of their work translating you know if a musician writes a song and thinks of a song it then tra- it, he then she then then translates that through the instrument they're playing and it's the same thing with a knife so <clears throat> if you make a fist that, Jay, that's terrible your little fingers all over the place oh okay it's supposed to be so, in line with those ones is it right so start off with a flat hand yeah and just bend the first so you bend your knuckles at the second knuckle so not the top yeah. the second knuckle in and bend so your fingertips are touching the base of all your fingers they touch and you squeeze it should hurt yeah yeah is it, it, it uncomfortable yeah it hurt. is now squeeze again keep that tension though squeeze squeeze and close that close harder 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 and squeeze it harder harder it should really be uncomfortable yeah it's not squeeze nice. it hard now you see your fist should bulge try and pinch the skin on the back of your hand you shouldn't be able to pinch it at all you can why pinch is yours it bulging like that yours is bulging i Look, can't get my yeah i see you it should not be and that means oh yeah yeah now yeah. so when you punch those first two knuckles there are what you hit with and you they they're an see they're an extension of the bone of your forearm yeah when you get them straight they go straight when you get yeah so that way if you're gonna if, you, if you're gonna do a punch bag or something you don't sprain your wrist so how is that relevant for for with cooking well it is the way to hold a knife people don't really teach you this is a little bit uncomfortable at first for people that haven't been shown james i've shown you haven't i you have shown me and i've tried to adopt it into my 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 cooking style but it it is it is you have to practice it. it's uncomfortable Mm. so what you need to do imagine you're looking down on your forearm and you've got your hand, the back of your hand, like that. Yeah, the back of your hand is horizontal to the floor. So you're looking down your forearm. Now you put your knife between, basically the knife handle between, roughly between your thumb and your forefinger. Mm-hmm. But touching the underside of the knuckle of your forefinger, like that. The, yes, and so now see how that pencil is roughly 
running in line with your forearm. Yeah, go, yeah, it's almost a straight line it's now, a, isn't it? Yes. Now you have to close your finger around that, and you're pressing the underside of your the underside of your um, the knuckle of your forefinger is is touching basically touches the part of the knife just where the blade ends so the top of the 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 the, the handle but does it feel a bit uncomfortable yeah it feels weird like it feels twisted like you're holding a bit. it yeah it feels like you're holding it too too tight almost with too many yeah, fingers yeah but then you can re- relax look you could oh look just use the one finger ah ah okay but even then it feels twisted though isn't it it feels, it like feels twisted a- but you what what that does is it keeps that you you're using a pencil so now transfer that so have an imaginary onion half an onion on the table and you've got you what i'll tell you where you should feel it where's this part of your hand here yeah Inside. absolutely it's exactly where i'm feeling which is the outside that, of the wrist where the watch would be sort of along that's where you should feel it now when you when you feel it like that now just just twist just use your wrist to go up and down with your pencil so you see it goes up and down straight it's much straighter yeah when you put it down to the table it makes a real difference and suddenly it wants to go in that in that direction it keeps it straight if you don't do that what happens what most people do when they hold a knife it it twists when you cut it one you can't cut evenly secondly it's more dangerous because you're more likely for the knife to twist in the middle of slicing and cut yourself or it will slide away from you that's really good it really i'm looking at now it's hard not to make it go straight when it's like that because your arm all, all your physiology is saying stay in line it's keeping everything in one line i'm guessing it's also that doesn't hurt after line, a while yeah. as well you could do that for longer no, you get used to it and i really what i that what i do real i've realized this because more recently obviously we talked a lot about this sort of quantum perspective so there's cooking as a result with the recipe you're putting things in an oven at 150 and cook it for 27 minutes and x de- x x degrees and x grams of ingredients yes important but when you cook and eat with more awareness you discover things about you yourself and the the world that we live in and the things that we do so i realize depending on when i'm cutting i it's almost like playing the piano see i've got you've got the four forefinger these are the three fingers yeah i use them in varying combinations depending on how much um or many things do i want the knife to slide do i want it to chop oh wow if i'm cutting through a potato for example it would be very different to a basil leaf that's like if, a musician that's exactly the same as putting more pressure on a fretboard for example depending what you want things to sound like exactly and as you slice what also is is very beneficial is to get the feedback so if you think about the laws of physics as you cut something if it's if it feels a bit harder you then without realizing it you then adapt your pressure uh, as as a result of the information on that resistance of what you're cutting so that's that's one that's one approach but just being aware of that you're thinking oh yeah actually hang on a second this feels a bit tougher or you might be cutting a potato that has a bit more starch on it so when you cut if you notice sometimes the knife wants to stick to the potato so yeah okay well maybe you want to wash the potatoes a bit more or you can then put a little film of water over the blade of the knife which helps it slide that helps it slide a bit more or almost or sometimes you can you can oil the blade a little bit if you are slicing something like basil or i would never chop so when it comes to herbs never chop thyme or rosemary because uh you end up um 
it gets a bit of muddy you, you you're you're breaking all of that the, the the aroma from there comes from the really from the leaves so pick the thyme leaves or just put a sprig in the water in the liquid and take it out when you know when you think the the, the flavor of your the, the strength of flavor of let's say the thyme or the rosemary that you want in the dish is sufficient you remove it but those soft herbs like basil or chives you if you chop like this what you do is you crush that really delicate fine leaf and we should think about a leaf is a living thing it's a living thing you're dealing with just like a piece of meat was a living thing so the more you can think about food this way in the use of the knife you can actually give value to what your respect and value to what you're at the ingredients you're dealing with it, it doesn't and the feedback you get from it as well the feedback the feedback through your yeah. hand is telling you the ripeness of something or or, or, or how you're you actually feeling things break underneath yeah and uh, basil if your knife you need a really you need it will come on to this but we need a really sharp knife also it's much blunt knives are more you're more likely to cut yourself with a blunt knife because you put the pressure on an ingredient if it's let's say that it's like a potato or you know something fairly hard more dense and then you push harder because the knife isn't sharp that push harder to try and cut through a surface it won't cut through that it won't cut through if it's blunt enough it it's like trying to slice with a rolling pin it'll slide it'll just slide off yeah but if it, it if it hits your skin you're going to cut yourself so a sharp knife is less dangerous than a blunt knife um, it makes more sense you, now when you said you know when you were talking about this feedback through the knife suddenly now it makes yeah. more sense to me why people pay for more expensive like a tennis racket almost I presume there's a point of diminishing returns where things get expensive for the sake of it but I imagine up to a certain point a, a, a better crafted blade will give you that response in a way that a simpler blade wouldn't because the handle yes. will be too thick And yeah, yeah there's the thickness of the handle there's the shape of the handle there's the balance of the knife as well so how it sits in your where the weight is distributed from the through the blade to the handle um, <clears throat> but also when you're slicing one of the techniques that I um, developed was called a, a back slice. So if you think when you're, when you're slicing, you start off with a, let's imagine you've got, you don't have to have any food on, on your tro imaginary chopping board, but it, it could be some chives. So you put the point of the knife rough near the point end on the board. Yeah. And you've got like an angle, let's say it's somewhere between, I don't know, 30 and 60 degree angle, maybe 30, 45 degrees. And on, in that, angle you sort of two sides of a triangle you've got your chives yep so you keep the tip of the knife on the board and then you do this so you slide the knife forward and the handle down so it, so the blade goes across the chives in an arching it's almost so, like rocking like a, rocking through it it rocks it yeah. yes i've seen you do this now, and it looks so smooth and easy you're not you're not when you think of chopping you tend to think of something lifting and dropping you're not doing that you're just rolling through it almost no, the because the things like chives and ba and basil soon go black, and you lose all their fragrance. So I wanted to be more even more delicate than 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 that arched slide. So if you put the knife, you start with the uh, point of the knife in the same place, but the angle is not, is much. You reduce the angle, so it might be down more like I don't know twenty degrees or something. Yeah, and you slice on the back slice. Oh, clever. So you're not doing Move it as you forward. go forward. No, slice back. Then you've got less of an angle. So 
you're much more delicate with the herbs that you slice so that you can slice chives to the thickness of paper that's really clever like because confetti. you wouldn't think about cutting on the way back and it sounds obvious no, when you say no. it but it, you think of cutting forward but this way you can feel it as you describe it you can feel it being much gentler as you return the knife to where it started yeah one of the questions i've had about the sheer volume of knives i see that in some chef's knife rolls and sometimes i look at them and go is every knife in there specifically for a job and obviously it is but the the difference between a blade and a job would you have a certain knife that could do what you were just talking about which is chopping yeah, well, those there, i mean there's <clears throat> there, i mean and, and do how many different types of knives the chefs really need there are some bits in in that old um, attaché case of mine that I remember for, uh, as, a, as a teenager you had things like a, uh, a melon the Parisian the baller or there's one for taking little strings of zest off, off, off I mean I just use a knife but off a lemon or peelers and stuff there's lots of kitchens will have communal ones of those if uh, they, if you've but all chefs will have a, a generally one two or three favourite knives and they're there. No one touches their knife. No one sharpens it. It's their knife. But if you, let's say you're, you've got a, an, obviously, as you said, they range greatly in price. Some of them are expensive because they're of the brand. Some of them, but they're still good. Some of them are expensive because of the brand and they're not so good. Some of them are expensive because they're so handmade and less good. And some of them are so expensive because they're handmade and really, really flipping amazing. <laughs> There's, a, but one of the things is, if you spend the money on a knife and you value the knife then that money becomes more valuable the the the, the knife becomes more valuable that's that emotional connection is also very important always automatically sharpen sharpen the knife if you're gonna don't really keep them in a drawer with other bits of metal have a knife block yeah don't put them in a dishwasher um but every time you take the knife out to cut something sharpen it oh wow okay every single time this is if you've got a nice sharp knife because once you start to lose the blade then you need to use a stone and there's a whole other technique of sharpening a knife on a stone and then the japanese will show you that you can see clips on youtube you go 15 20 minutes and use a new particular type of newspaper to wipe the the, the little filings off and stuff like this so just sharpen it every single just a habit is part of the chopping process you automatically sharpen the knife every single time then you'll keep the blade this sounds a stupid question but what is the principle when you are sharpening a knife what are you actually doing to the blade when you when you use on a sharpening stick whatever they're called it's the same as if you're going to make a pencil you need to whittle whittle when you whittle a stick you're making a point and if you think about a pencil I don't know why I've got this. <laughs> you can lead a horse to water, but a pencil must be lead. <laughs> Sorry, that just came into my head. Um, the t-shirt <clears throat> slogan. <laughs> you think of the angle of the point. Yes. The the finer the angle of the point, the the sharper the the sharper the knife. But that sharp bit also, when it's finer, it can lose it that finesse, that fine sharpness, easily and so it's more delicate so the idea is yes yeah, so you're you're what you're doing is you you're forming that you're just you're just continually reforming the blade now after thousands of hours you can see some chef's knives or butcher's knives amazing you know they start off being the shape of a classic knife and they end up being like this 
Oh, because they've sharpened it so much, it's actually yeah. gone down. Like, a, what's that thing in music? What's that? What's that? Uh, hang on a second. I'll draw it because I can't. Remember. What's What's one of them called in music? Oh, go on, James. I would say a semi-clef, not knowing what anything. Yeah, that that's a treble clef. Like that's, that's, like that's a treble. That's a treble clef. Treble clef. Are you? Is that? I okay, think that's no, what you put in the type uh, signature on the left. To show what so that's sort in. of how the, no, the knife the was sort of for a treble clef, yeah. That's a treble yes. clef. <laughs> it goes right Not in. like that at the end. Like a ski slope, like, like a ski jump. Yeah, because if you don't, and, and that depends, if you don't finish, the, if you're using a steel, if you don't sharpen it all the way to the handle. Yeah, I've always wondered get, about that. You'll wear some sharpen. parts down more than others, yeah. I mean, it's a big old subject. You, and, and then you've got, you know, depending on the type of steel, I mean, for me, uh, there's some amazing, jab, I mean, I... A couple of knives I use, they're they're, they're a Japanese make. I mean, there are some many good. You can you can have them. I mean, it can cost a thousand, two thousand pounds. But if you take some old for one knife that's been, for one knife, uh, that some of these knives are they just the blade is so fine, but it's also the fact that it's just handmade by one person. Mm. But um, and do they fold steel? Not, is that a, is that a as a per, I mean, is that a particularly Japanese technique, the folding of the steel? Because you get the blades all have that lovely sort of mottled look to them, where the steel has been yeah, folded there's and beaten. Like a sword. Well, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, there's the Damascus, Damascus steel, which I think is meant to come from some, there's various theories from about Damascus? this. Damascus? Well, some person called Damascus. Really? Years ago, and also from Damascus. So there's, there's several colour theories about the, the origin of this. One of them is somebody's name, another one is from Damascus. It was called Persian steel or Persian water steel, but they used to make all the, you know, the, the top swords. Mm. I think you see it in some of the Netflix shows now, you know, they're going to, the knight in shining armour has just got his Damascus steel sword. Obviously, like most things in life, that's been watered down in terms of, um, you know, of, of the level of quality. But you'll see this lovely, beautiful sort of wave-like pattern on the blade. And, and some of those knives have 60, 70 layers of steel. And they start off on the outside part of the knife with, with the more resistant, tougher steel. Mm. And as you get to the central, the central fine bit is like a razor blade. But if you just had a razor blade, you would break it; it would bend. So, see, so it's layered it, up. So it's literally layers of steel. To give enough, give enough support. I had no idea um, that's how they did it. So, oh, so it's not even. It's not. It is technically one piece of metal, but it's not. It's like a sandwich of metal almost. It can be sandwiched and layered and fold, and they also can also fold them over, as James said. What's the school of thinking on? handles as well is there a, between wooden and sort of all-in-one metal handles because i've never known what what to, is that a personal preferencing or is there a genuine difference that are viewed in different ways i think a lot of this is personal preferencing if again it's probably like it's like anything you know if you if, if it's amazing how human beings have made um i wanted to make up with a phrase and my gary my old head chef used to say where every box has a lid because <laughs> everyone would always be trying to find the lid for a particular box to <laughs> store something in for every box there's a lid or every box has a lid every job has a tool yeah oh, what came first the job or the tool <laughs> that's an interesting one um uh so when you use the more you use something, the more time you spend with it, and the more awareness you have with that time that you spend with it, then the more you pick up on much finer nuances. And there isn't a right or wrong. There's some knives I just don't like because I don't, when the handle is too thin where it meets the blade, 
uh, and also some knives you know if you're going to only buy one knife please make sure you the heel you know the heel of the blade so you've got the point of the blade mm-hmm. follow the sharp blade to the end of the sharp blade and then there's a 90 degree corner that goes into meets the hand meet the handle that's the heel yeah so that distance between the handle and 90 degree beginning of the blade if that's not there are some knives that are sold as you know general around chef's knife but that distance is not wide enough to that when you put your hand around the handle and you try and chop on a board what happens your knuckles (laughs) yeah hit the board before the knife Mm. has full contact with the board so that's one thing to look at you might pick up a knife that someone has let you use and they've sharpened it so badly that the blade doesn't curve it, there's a sort of a concave element to the blade really you might not notice it but if you're trying to chop something really fine you might notice a really thin that it kind of misses a bit yeah it feels like the you. blade's not quite you, you keep missing it yeah because there's a bit in the middle yeah. which doesn't ever get through it yeah and then you end up chopping with the front like of the knife i've been in that situation i'm like oh there's something wrong with the back of the blade i'll just keep going with the front so just of the, cover knife. the front yeah yeah <laughs> and then and then and 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 so going back to that the 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 really sharp beautiful knives you would not even when you let's say you're boning a chicken and you cut through the leg and the drumstick of the chicken leg this is cartilage you're not even chopping through bone Mm. but you you could a quick chop on one of through that it's soft but those knives you might chip that knife oh wow so you have to be so then if you go the other extreme you know if you're going to chop through a bone if it was a, a a big thick bone marrow bone then you use a saw first you have meat sauce so you saw through the bone um and and then you do you'd use a heavy duty cleaver that is designed for that work you wouldn't take a really expensive beautiful knife and then start trying to you know chop chop through a chicken even a chicken leg or a fish bone is enough to chip that knife wow and once you get start getting chips in the blade because i've seen that on knives that we've had when you start getting those chips is there any way back from that can you sharpen those out or are they kind you can, of you can take it to if you have a good you can find they used to come around in vans actually knife sharpeners I, I i don't know um you can you can take you can take it somewhere and they can sharp they can re don't they come to the fat the, duck the, the i'm knife. sure i saw a knife sharpening van in the outside they, the kitchen they used, one day. To, they, used, they used to come every week i guess when you, you can just when take you, your roll when you've down. got enough knives they come to you i think that's generally the rule if i've got Two knives. Yeah, they got all their equipment, so they just I redo them. Yeah. <laughs> I give them a call. Hi, I've got two knives. Can you come round? <laughs> yeah. Do you do, and while you're there, there, do you do teaspoons? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or rolling pins. Do you blunt and rolling pins? <laughs> blunt and as well as sharpen. I do know, though. You know what? I used to, every Christmas, my wife would buy me a knife. I've only got three of them. But, like you said, the difference when you come to cook and you take out your knife to use you really do put more value to what you're doing you are suddenly in the right headspace you enjoy the feeling of it and it it makes a difference and i think that yeah like you said the relationship you have with it is probably even especially at you know my level for example it's more important to get a, a knife that i have a, a relationship with and i feel good about using than going for the most super duper thing that i think is going to be incredible but just you know it's like like buying a like you said a tennis racket or a pair of golf clubs there's a point where you're just not going to notice the difference just make sure yeah just have it there's a point where you're not going to notice the difference start off with something that just feel i mean what is feeling good in your hand i mean just start off with something if you think it looks great if you're excited about it if when you pick it up it feels 
comfortable to you um, and the blade is sharp that's why it's probably better to start off with a you know reputable knife brand company like uh, I mean there's some German companies at Wurstoff Dreisegg and Henkels and stuff like that that they're not cheap but they're not expensive so they might set you back 50 quid 60 quid for 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 a knife and just look after it just just have a look again youtube have a look how to sharpen it you can get some good sharpeners now which are not steels don't 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 think you have to learn how to use a steel to sharpen a knife because you could get a steel with a knife not quite get it right and actually start scraping the the, the side of the knife so there are some very good you know uh it's like a v uh two pieces of metal you just run the knife through that, that, that you, they used it to be damaging, but there's some good ones now. But just start off with something that's within your price range, feels comfortable in your, in your hand, a, a decent mark, um, mark without, and then start using it. And then you'll be able to start making a comparison going forward. And if you, you know, if you only cook, if you cook one day a weekend or every couple of weekends or once a month, then you'll just have a beautiful knife that you'll like, hopefully like, using when you do use it so if you cook more and more and more and more then you'll start finding and also you'll start to realize that you might need a different mm. knife just make sure i mean i i would if i my recommendation would get a chef's knife or cook's knife which is they'll do maybe an eight ten inch one eight eight or ten inch blade um i would get a serrated knife like a bread knife Definitely, but again, a good quality one. And you can sharpen um, those too. People, I, I, that was, I'm not going mad. You do sharpen your serrated knife like you would any other knife, or do you just leave it? I don't normally sharpen right. serrate, the serrated knife. Maybe I'm, I'm <clears> sure um, I read that somewhere. But there, is, there are knives that are serrated, but they're crescent. That I, I used to love this pastry knife. So instead of having teeth, mm. they're like circles, half circles. And those are wonderful for cutting pastry because when you cut the pastry the teeth can drag the pastry where these little circular sort mm. of circular teeth crescents or whatever mm. you want to call them slide through the pastry often um, pastry chefs have very very just really long knives isn't there one very very long I'm, again am i making this up i'm sure i've seen really long knives. well, well no, that you can get long pastry knives you also get long i used to love i had a very very flexible and it, i sliced half my knuckle off with it once <laughs> sharpening it in the beginning of service but my steel didn't have a protector so i went straight down across you can i don't know oh, if you can see here let's have a look yeah a bit missing. It's like I've got, I've got two knuckles. Oh, lovely! Yeah, it was hanging off. That was not just that was your, new, your well. new nickname, two knuckles. Yeah. So the, with a salmon knife, <laughs> H, yeah. HB two yeah. knuckles. Don't mess two it. knuckles. <laughs> but if if you're slicing salmon, then you want a knife that's that's flexible, it's bendy. Mm. Not not if you use a rigid cook's knife, then you have to carve the sli- uh, like smoked salmon or something. You have to slice it in a different way. Amazing. Um, well, Heston, that is absolutely flown by. I'm sorry, I've been so completely engaged with that because I've, I've, these questions I've had for years and I've always been wanting to know about them and I've always yeah. found that world of knives fascinating. And as a boy, obviously, you love the, the look of the knives and things. But we have run out of time. We've sliced through our time as fast as we could. Oh, I'm not going to start that again. Sorry, I'm not going to start. <laughs> I'm not going to start that again. Uh, <laughs> but for this week, we really appreciate it. That was brilliant. James, <laughs> thank you for being there, as always. And uh, uh, t- uh, 
I'll leave you with this. Another thing that Gary, he came out, he had some cracking one-liners. If, if, um, if there was a bit too much banter going on in the kitchen and there was a lot of work to do, he would say, less chit-chat, more chop-chop. Less chit-chat, more chop-chop. Thank chop, you, chop. Heston. Until next week. <laughs> Speak to you soon. See you, chaps. Bye, everyone.